Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this particular episode of the Four Center Podcast Feed is the Bad Batch Report. <laughs> Yay! Sad and or heroic drums. I was so excited as we head into the finale to see what kind of noises Ken Knapsack would make, and uh, I was not disappointed. I got a little bit of space guitar and drums. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and we are happy to be here. Ken, what made you pick that noise? I'm trying to make it a little sad, a little, uh, you know, a little uh, tug on the heartstrings, but also important, big, epic, because that's this episode. 
Yeah, tug on the heartstrings is a great turn of phrase, but I really felt that this episode was full on yanking. <laughs> thought there was some yanking on heartstrings and it worked incredibly well for me. Uh, we are discussing episode 15 of Finale Part 1, or as the episode itself says, Return to Camino. It is directed by Nathaniel Villanueva, written by Matt Machenovitz. And Ken, there is only one episode left, Finale Part 2. Perhaps the actual title will be Attempt to Leave Camino. We'll see. Uh, but we got one episode left. But before this uh, finale, part one, Return to Camino, was even uh, released to the public, uh, there was an announcement that there is indeed a second season of The Bad Batch. Are you happy that they already made the announcement before going into these finale episodes? Yeah, absolutely. Why wait? Why hold that, uh, you know, hold that information and, and get everyone excited, especially as you um, wrap this up. And now I'm more curious about what, what will be the final shot of this season that will make us be like, I can't wait to season two. Are you feeling like there's going to be a, a little bit of resolution and then a looking into the horizon? Or are you expecting next week full on wait a year or however long until it's actually released a cliffhanger? I mean, I'm I'm really bad at this now because I was like, I don't know, maybe Hunter doesn't even get rescued, and uh, that 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 you know, as as suspected, it would happen pretty <laughs> fast. Uh, yeah, I could see now that there's a little resolution and a little hope, and the next chapter begins, and and we have a piece or a clue of that that makes you excited to wait. But yeah, I think there, I could, I'm I'm expecting resolution more than I think I thought I was. Yeah, I think there's going to be a resolution. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about our hopes and expectations for that final episode. But I feel like for the season, I think there's going to be some amount of resolution with uh, with Crosshair. And I, I think it's I'm really 50 50 on whether they'll go for the direct big cliffhanger. But I think even if there is a cliffhanger, it will be with some thematic stuff, uh, if not actual pa- practical stuff resolved with with Crosshair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. thematic certainly which is some most intriguing stuff this week so yeah yeah so this has been fascinating for me as all of these uh streaming shows roll out and we know streaming shows in a lot of ways but for this sort of disney model dealing really particularly with uh with star wars and marvel we get it a little bit on paramount plus with star trek uh with this kind of new kind of show where a season is announced and sometimes they'll tell you right away, like, yeah, no, this is kind of a, a one and done. It's a special thing. Uh, like I think Kenobi is going to be a, a one and done, but then other things are ambiguous. Um, and it's really fascinating to go through this experience where uh, spoilers for anybody who has not watched uh, Loki uh, click back in 30 seconds, but uh, Loki revealed at the end of its finale that there was a season two. And then we got the opposite here where they pre-announced that there is going to be a season two for Bad Batch. And I was really happy with it because I enjoyed the Loki finale, but I got really distracted by watching it because like Mm. there was no sense. There was some thematic resolution, but plot wise, there was just sort of like more doors thrown open. Mm. And so as the seconds tick down, you had that distraction of like, what the hell's going on? And then when like after, you know, there's a little, you know, post credit sequence that said Loki season two, then you were like, okay. And I was really, it was really nice to be relieved of that. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I can watch these episodes for what they are, knowing that there's more story coming. Yeah, no, I I think that kind of works 
for me better. Yeah. Then the game. I know sometimes it's not a they're not doing super intentional business reasons, whatever. I, I don't know the Loki Loki case, but like, yeah, I, to, to get it out not out of the way, but just hey, celebrate it, get ready, uh, really take this in, and we're gonna move forward with the show. I think that was nice. That was good. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into this episode. What was your overall reaction? Did you love it, like it, struggle with it? How are you feeling? I only struggled with it originally because I, I fell asleep for the first time this season during a viewing at midnight <laughs> uh, in the middle. Uh, but then I got back up and I absolutely loved this uh, uh, episode. A wonderfully ominous. Uh, that sense of uh, foreboding is all through it. And just that title alone, Return to Camino, I would just, uh-oh, that's... That can't be good for Camino. Uh, and, 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 and they just kind of delivered on all those things in the big emotional mo- moments and the beats and did something slightly different than what I was personally expecting with, with Crosshair and Hunter's confrontation that uh, I ended up really loving. Oh, good. I'm glad that you were surprised. Uh, did you have a long day? Is that what got you at midnight? Long day, was hanging out with a friend, uh, having some dinner and some drinks and got home and it was like, it was like 11, you know, and it's like, you look at the clock and I told Grace, I go, I got the show at midnight. So we watched another show, which that usually tires me out. That's my <laughs> wind down. Let's watch a ghost adventures. And so I started to fall asleep on the couch. I was like, no, bad, bad batch. I got to watch bad batch. And uh, that I paid the price, I guess. <laughs> I understand. I took a, I think a, an 1130 power nap. And then I was up and ready uh, like a a little squirrel man with my eyes just glued to the television set. Uh, But it's fun to watch some of these episodes uh, like this that have a dreamlike quality late at night and let them kind of wash over you and then get up right away in the morning and and watch them a little bit more clear headed. Uh, Because I feel like I get to experience them in two different ways. Like the first experience is just almost just uh, emotional and intuitive. And then in the morning, it's a little bit more like, you know, clinical and thoughtful you know yeah no in, in both in fun ways clinical could be fun but yeah you go to i go to bed kind of going wow that was great in the morning it's like what made it great <laughs> exactly uh, for me i did think this one was great i really loved it I, I loved how lean and specific it was that it was laser focused plot wise on hunter's uh, predicament and returning to camino as the title says but also just really dialing into what are the core issues of this show? What are the core issues of uh, Hunter, Omega, Crosshair, and kind of bring it all back to the beginning of this season in particular with Camino and a lot of the questioning that was going on in those early episodes. It comes back here. So I really felt great about that. This, uh, this episode also just kind of felt like a little bit of a mini version of the overall show. Like uh, the show can change its tone a little bit, but I feel like episode to episode depending on the adventure but i feel like the big picture of this show which makes it kind of unique and interesting is it's got this big sense of doom and sadness almost always just because of the era but then there's this big glimmer of hope in the bond of the squad of the family and and their relationship and and their uh, meaning to one another and it felt like I always feel that way about the show, but this was just like this little mini version of that whole idea in one episode. Yeah, it's really, it's really uh, at times it's fun to watch, but hard to watch. It just you know, you we know what's happening to the galaxy as it's unfolding episode by episode and page by page, and and uh, it really got addressed here. And some of the Camino stuff we'll talk about. Just yeah, I know what you mean. Like almost every, every episode has a little tinge of sadness to me of what was and what we know will be. But yeah, the the, the focus on the group and all for one and one for all, and, and it, it 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 is uh it, it's been a very successful season for me in that regard. 
Yeah. Let, 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 I'm, sorry, I, I'm someone who's like, eh, you know, bad, bad, sure, great. Now I don't have that feeling. I really love it. Oh, yeah, no. And I think when it got for first got announced, as I've said before, like I liked the Bad Batch, but I was more intrigued by the era. And I just love the way that they have made the characters this kind of uh, shining beacon uh, yeah. of of hope and fun and kindness and empathy and family and all these great things amidst this very dark time. Uh, and the last thing I want to say about my overall reaction is I just I really loved how much it uh, leaned into the darkness in this very mythic dreamlike way i love it when star wars feels dreamlike and this this really did to me because it had this very mythic um lots of images of descending into depths and Mm -hmm. going to a familiar place and encountering a lot of unknown things and it's like that dreamer like yeah i went back to high school but high school was also my office now and it was just like it's home but it's not right and it's this very uh traditional storytelling it's very mythic storytelling of you you can't truly go home again you leave home you are changed by your experiences and then when you come back home isn't really home again like you have internalized the ideas of home but the actual place is now different and this kind of upsetting uh, feeling that what is the most familiar to you home now feels foreign and yeah. there's a lot of that that's just practical storytelling about like yeah because the empire is <laughs> A giant organized jerk <laughs> that's destroying their home. And that's the problem. But it still, to me, touched those deep, mythic, dreamlike feelings of mm-hmm. what if home isn't home anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely worked that way. Uh, yeah, well said. And then uh, and then we're going to see even more of that, I think, since they're uh, buried in their own home. <laughs> Uh, so let's get into the uh, big ideas of the episode, the big themes. What ideas were at stake for you in this episode, Ken? The, the, the question of when to hold on and then when to let go seemed to pop up a lot, sometimes quite literally with a, with a you know, I think Crosshair yelling at Hunter to let go of Omega, Omega not wanting to let go of Hunter in the beginning and the rescue. And there's a lot of things about that, uh, uh, going to get Hunter, uh, being told to let Omega go, like I said, turning away from the Empire, turning away from a wandering and for the Republic or whatever that was. Uh, and that all that um, f- comes to the forefront with this idea of, you know, did they let Crosshair go or did he give them no choice and they had to let go? And we as uh, even humans in our own lives, sometimes having to know when it is best to, to move on. And I think part of the reason it's so powerful tying to some of the stuff you've already said, this return to Camino really represents, uh, I, I wrote down the note of returning to where you're from to find out who you are now. And I think that's in line with some of the stuff you're thinking there. Uh, and, and just some great, wonderful lines about this is who I am. And uh, we, you gave us no choice. It really dealt with some of those uh, big, big concepts. Yeah, that, that's great. And I'm in total agreement. I think I, I picked out a couple of the ideas that you're talking mm-hmm. about and, and thought of them in, in some specific ways. The, the first big one for me, you're talking about the, the choice of uh, when to let go and when to hold on. And I really thought what was great is they, they established this idea early in the show and it's been a tension throughout. It's this big thing to me of no one gets left behind mm-hmm. of that big idea in society or family if you choose it but that it's kind of specifically the point of a squad like this right uh so i love how much they dialed down specifically into that that crosshair knows that the squad will come for hunter mm-hmm. uh, i love when hunter says using my com won't work they'll know it's a trap and crosshair says like look they'll still come for you like yeah. there's a lot of tension on this about the fact that 
Crosshair almost knows the Bad Batch better than they're kind of willing to <laughs> to know themselves about this no one gets left behind thing. Um, and then, of course, there's so much going on here that Crosshair is is hurt uh, because he feels like they did leave him behind, you know, and that's something that's been hanging over the show of us wondering, is Crosshair going to feel that, you know, is he going to feel the personal wound of that? And we'll get into all of the stuff with his his chip and when it came out and all that. Um, but I, I just I liked it that emotionally came back. It's this big idea of that's like the core of who we used to be if we had this purpose as soldiers and as a part of that you know our oath is you know we don't leave one another behind and crosshair even says you know knowing that that his trap is going to work like mm. they don't leave their own behind most of the time yeah uh so great and and hunter saying you tried to kill us we didn't have a choice and a crosshair said and i did and I did. Uh, it was great delivery that opened up that ambiguity, but really made it, you know, put the knife, uh, the metaphorical knife instead of all the real knives in Hunter <laughs> and starting to twist. Right. Yeah. No, it, 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 I love those moments. Uh, you said uh, give enough a- ambiguity of just like, you know, not that I want to suddenly immediately I'm sympathizing with, with crosshair. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but, uh, gave me great pause. I asked the question, do we think Crosshair was right on any level? And, I, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't have the chance I wanted this morning to go back and rewatch uh, maybe the first episode or two just to kind of re-examine it for myself. Yeah. This new kind of context, uh, especially the chip, yeah, that we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think is is great to really feel that emotion of, I, there, there was this great perspective almost where, I don't think it's like intended in any cheeky way, but like Crosshair's kind of uh, <laughs> going along with the fans of like, Crosshair seems mad. Like, you you guys were just messing around with Moochie the Rancor and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rescuing people on Raxus of all places and you didn't come from me, you know? Yeah. You didn't ever think to turn around for me. It feels like that to me is the subtext, a lot of what's going on in with, with Crosshair's choices. Um, and then you get that great contrast where Omega is super, super focused on never willing to leave anyone behind, in particular Hunt, Hunter. You know, it gets echoed again and again of uh, AZ tells her that she has to leave because it's not safe there. And she's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. No way. Uh, we, we don't leave unless we have Hunter. You know, Echo tells her to call Rex if there's a problem. There's immediately a problem. She's like, yeah, no, not going to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 She's so, so focused. And there's even this nice little thread with AZ of that that idea that um, no one leaves behind. If you're not going to leave anyone behind, that means you're willing to put yourself in risk. And AZ says, uh, but if we help them, that means we will also be in danger. Yeah. <laughs> and he's I- like, yeah, that's the whole thing. I, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. No, we have to help them. That means we'll also be in danger. I, I absolutely that, that that resonated and, and makes his wonderful choice later uh, v- valuable. But uh, it's kind of been a lot of this whole season, right? And and uh, just kind of spotlighting that lesson. Uh, yeah. When you make this choice, it, it's it's not easy, and it shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and we've seen that where they put one another at risk. To even that moment with Echo uh, last week, last episode. It was like, yeah, no, I know we don't have any information and it's incredibly dangerous, but there's someone in there who is not choosing to be there. We got to go. That's what you did for me. Like That has been a real theme across the show of putting yourself in risk of to make sure that you don't leave anyone behind. Um, and I love the way that it, it, it comes together at the end of, uh, you know, Hunter saying record grab crosshair. He's coming with us. 
even after Crosshair has made it really really clear of like, I want something different and I made the choice uh, to hunt you. <laughs> I, that it's, it wasn't the chip I chose. Uh, and again, we'll get to the chip timing debate. Uh, but even after that, it feels like Hunter has come around to this place of like, well, uh, Crosshair was right. Omega is right. We don't leave uh, one another behind. And I love that he kind of looks to Omega Yes, that's, I was just going to say that. It's the, great, the greatest moment of the, of the episode for me. Right? He looks to her for like, you know, he's been the really like, I am raising you. You don't know how the galaxy works. But you know a lot of stuff that we don't, which yeah. this episode really reminds you. Um, the, the way that he looks to her, like she's going to be upset with him. And she gives him the nod, like, mm-hmm. good job. Good emotional clarity, Hunter. I love that moment. I, I highlighted that as well. And I didn't know quite where to put it, but this is a great spot for the conversation. It, it was pretty powerful, right? It was, it, it was uh, uh, you know, he's definitely learning from her and we kind of knew all that kind of stuff and he gets it. She's part of the team. But yeah, there was, it was pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. What, so was it was it powerful to you in from Hunter's perspective or Omega's perspective? Like, why do you think it resonated with you emotionally? It, it was it was this the question this episode is asking about chance and and choice and, and when to go, when to let. I think there's a lot of reason to to support the Bad Batch decision to leave Crosshair behind. Uh, I think there's some questions to ask themselves about did they do that properly or too soon. But I think all coming to this moment of, you know, redemption is big in Star Wars and Crosshair's not asking for redemption right now, to be clear. But it, 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 there's a path forward to that Crosshair redemption that I didn't necessarily think was there before. And it has to come from crosshair or, or come from omega for me not have to but like uh, her giving the, the clue of just like yeah no I, I this is this is right and i know where you all came from uh, but that's not we're not staying here uh and on any level spiritually we're gonna move forward it was it was a real purposeful nod for me uh and for hunter all you know set out to protect her and become this de facto parent and everything to 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 look at her and kind of look for that guidance and look for that. Um, I think he's going to make that decision. Right. But it's just like, it's, it's just like, yeah, this is the right way. And this is what we've all learned on this mission. Yeah. I, I think it hit me on a couple levels. One, just like how much a part of the squad she is like that. He wants to make sure that she is okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> that he, like he is seeking her validation, which is huge in yep. terms of her being a part of the squad. Uh, but also it's just this kind of great trade-off over this whole season where it feels like uh, the Bad Batch has had to impart all sorts of practical wisdom of mm-hmm. of how to get by in the galaxy to Omega. And Omega has had this better clarity of kind of emotionally how the squad works yeah, <laughs> and has to had to impart that to them. And she's like, you learned your lesson. Good. Yeah, yeah. We've said a few times now that uh, Omega's just kind of right there in the center of the, the- the, the, the right way to do things, the core, no questions, no, just just a simple, straightforward, yep, we help people. This is what we do. Uh, and that was a, a, a the end of the journey uh, for me in that, in that regard of her just kind of giving, giving the, yep, A-OK, this is what we do. Yeah. It, it, two final small beats for me in this uh, big idea of no one gets left behind. I like that AZ3 really joins the gang <laughs> yeah. for now. We'll see. Uh, but Omega even says, come on, AZ, you're with us. In like she's extending like <laughs> the bubble of the squad to AZ as well. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of tension in this episode between, you know, what the clones had been, what the Republic had been, and what the Empire is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that they're all wrestling with, should we have come back for Crosshair? This idea of no one gets left behind. You don't even run to save yourself. And the Empire's like, yeah, none of that. Um, the, 
leave them all behind. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> leave the entire idea of Camino behind. We've got their data that we don't care about them. It's a it's a stark, stark contrast. Yeah. And uh strikingly, hauntingly beautiful too, with the ships coming out of the, the clouds and straight and it, it was it was heartbreaking. But yeah, really indicative of uh the cold, callous nature of this new government. Exactly. Uh I have another uh, kind of big picture theme I'd, I'd love to run through, but I want to make sure that I'm getting all your thoughts as well. I'm um, just, uh, we hit the big ones. Uh, I'll probably weave in and out. I'm, uh, but I, I love there's some minor themes, if you will, but they all factor in. This, the idea of focus comes in to play and, and how that provides clarity and knowledge, but nothing more important direction. And I think Omega from the beginning of the episode to a little bit later on, where she's the one telling AV, like, calm down, focus, focus, focus. Uh, I thought that was just a little powerful, a little, Life lesson, a little stepping stone forward there. And that's some fun stuff with trust, you know, making the landing pad and even record like, oh, I never doubted you for a second, kid. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, there is a lot of uh, moments of of trust, right? Uh, of there's a questioning uh, from the elite squad troopers uh, if uh, if Crosshair can actually be trusted. Uh, so, yeah, the, the word trust and the idea of trust does pop up a lot. And you really get that sense of like we are. We got to trust Omega as we descend into the literal uh, unknown. We descend first into the ocean <laughs> mm-hmm. and then do a bunch of unknown it is a ton of trust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, you, you really touched on this right away in your, your uh, overall view. Uh, this big idea of what is your purpose? I feel like there is that emotional argument between Crosshair and Hunter about did Hunter betray uh, uh, crosshair by, by not coming back for him in any way. But then the heart of their discussion is, uh, I think really to me, like the heart of the show of you were clones that fought for the Republic in this war. You had purpose. Then that changed. You, you they got the advice early on from Cut Laquane of like, you got to become something different. And they've had a bunch of different nouns attached to them and kind of rejected them or kind of embraced them of like, well, you're, you're, you're kind of working with the proto rebellion again and again. Yeah. You're kind of being arms runners. Well, that's not what we are. You're kind of being mercenaries. Well, that's not what we are. And the only thing that hunters has been able to cling to is sort of, well, we we're here for each other. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this whole idea of what is your purpose was so animating throughout the episode and in their argument. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of, plot stuff and history stuff that's of interest in the Camino tour <laughs> that Omega takes them on. But it also feels to me emotionally like it's really getting to like, you know, Camino is a tour of who they used to be. Like yeah. this, this whole place is a symbol of what they were made for, right? The yeah. labs and the training room and just mm-hmm. even saying experimental unit 99 began right here. It's really that reminder of this whole place is a reminder of you used to have purpose and now you don't really, you know, and, yeah. you know, having that that sense of uh, the Bad Batch is coming home and it's not familiar. Literally, they, they don't know about that landing pad, that tube system, that lab and the whole thing. It gives them this great existential sense of existential dread, which is literally like, where did I come from? What is the point of me? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> even down to Echo saying, you know, uh, Cammy Nolan's kept a lot of secrets. So even uh, with the non-hunter and crosshair part of the Bad Batch, they're really into this space of investigating, like, where did we come from? What is our purpose? Yeah, it was pretty prevalent all the way through of just uh, Omega saying it pretty pretty plainly. This is where you were created, you know? <laughs> this is, uh, and, and this idea you touched upon it up top of you can't go home again. And 
Sometimes maybe you end up moving home. This is not the case. Uh, this is uh, walking around those same streets, the, the high school uh, dream that you talked about that isn't quite the same. And you just know this isn't where you're supposed to be. And I think you use this backdrop of uh, this, uh, you know, burgeoning empire and destruction and the star destroyers and the battle. And there's all these other Star Wars things going on. But at the end of the day, this is this is about moving forward uh, for me. That big, uh, big question that the Jedi are more prepared to do than the Sith and and that really worked for me, too, on just a growing up level. <laughs> it's Star Wars, and it should be about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it did make it feel like um, this can be looked at as a coming-of-age story where the battle-hardened clones teach this young kid uh, how to, you know, be a person in the galaxy, the real coming-of-age. But it is, it's totally a coming-of-age of story for all of them, right? Yeah, yeah, and I also had those moments there when they're in the in that lab where I'm like, I mean, they're all like three years old, right? <laughs> right? How's yeah. That, how's that math work? No, yeah, it's where it was created, and this is where you were. I mean, and it wasn't like a it was a, that was a real somber scene, right? I wouldn't expect it to be a party, but like when they walked in, there was a uh, there was a like maybe like a maturity in Omega's voice that's not always there. Uh, it was it was a very strong but somber sounding voice from Omega, just telling the truth, going back to the beginning and kind of saying, I I, I know I was here. I, it was as if she watched it, you know, and changed the roles. And that was almost the point where the role changed too, but also the big picture of, of, of who they are now, where they want to be. Yeah. I think there's a lot of sadness in, yeah, you were here before you went off to be with the other clones. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing there because I didn't write that one down, but that real sense that like Omega has always wanted to be a part of, if not this squad, a squad in, she saw people come and go and leave, you know, yeah. which re- reinforced her desire to to have them all stay together. Uh, but in terms of, this, you know, big question of what's your purpose, like that's l- then literally, I feel like it's kind of subliminally there, uh, subtextually there with what's going on with them in, in the lab and in a tour of Camino. But then between Crosshair and Hunter, it's just, it's explicitly the argument, right? Yeah. Uh, Crosshair believes they are meant to be soldiers with power. You know, he says a bunch of different things to Hunter of you betrayed everything we stood for, uh, Stop pretending to be something you're not, Hunter, which I would mm-hmm. interpret as like a, a father figure. Yeah. Um, and then Crosshair, I think, uh, I really like it when he says, uh, we're superior. The Empire can't protect the galaxy without strength. Mm-hmm. This is what we were made for. Uh, he says to them, to the whole Bad Batch, you are all you all are meant for more than drifting through the galaxy join the empire and you will have purpose again it is this great desire just explicitly to be for something to have a purpose and it feels like crosshair is kind of grasping at straws to say well the empire needs strength so yeah no we we can be that strength and and that'll be great and then like almost on this comic level again like crosshair almost making the argument of Mm. of people who the fans who sometimes think Bad Batch is too slow (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah you should be on a mission every Every episode, clear, focused mission. That is your purpose. Not wandering through the galaxy with rancors. Not asking emotional questions and hanging out with cameos of the week. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Crosshair makes that a uh, big argument. And then Hunter, I think, says less, but but it's still very clear. I feel like Hunter is just kind of at this point reinforcing uh, with a lot of conviction what he said before, particularly in debates with Echo, that the squad right now is the purpose. You know, he says we're loyal to each other, not some empire. And when Crosshair is is pushing them to to join the empire so they can all be together again, you know, he's got that great. You really don't get who we are, do you? As you know, that pans across the whole group, and it feels like Hunter's 
not being super wordy or explicit about it, but his counter argument is we do have purpose. It's being here for one another. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are, we are the purpose. And this whole season, we've we've often talked about Hunter making kind of the the slow decision, right, to take uh, some of these bigger stands and all those kind of things. Uh, but I, I think this one really worked for me because the, the the dueling purposes uh, is is a great way to look at it. Of uh, Crosshair saying, "This is who I am," kind of uh, you know, saying, "I took out my chip. This is the choice I made." And and what you're saying, it was a, a real, pretty clear uh, declaration from Hunter about where they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I did feel like that was the big final um, and not nail in the coffin of this theme because it's a lovely theme. Uh, the, the the final exciting bullet point in this theme of Crosshair revealing that his chip rem- is removed. And just like you're saying, this is who I am. Really getting into that big Star Wars idea of choice of like, no, I have not been manipulated uh, to think this. I truly believe that we are soldiers and our purpose is strength. And and, uh, and I, Crosshair kind of being like, I can't I can't take it if I don't have a purpose. Yeah, yeah, I like oh I like that yeah that's a, that's a nice that's a bad thought but a nice thought of just like I gotta I gotta I gotta wedge my purpose in somewhere and I'm gonna justify it his way. Yeah, yeah, and, and I feel like there's there's some classic perhaps a uh, uh, dark side stuff going on with Crosshair that that the ship is out and he didn't make this choice but is this choice just being made out of pain and anger yeah yeah exactly no exactly exactly yeah that's that's powerful yeah so do when do you want to talk about the chip do you want to talk about the chip now about the the when of it because it's really set up as a mystery i yeah i i think it ties into it's more than a a a plot point answer and, and you and i are excited by this kind of thing it really worked for me on the chips out and the first thing i wanted to do was rewatch the season right at that moment not for when did he take it out, but when was he fully making these choices? Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, what I took from it is uh, I, I loved the ambiguity of it. And you can kind of run down like the plot opinions of when exactly did it happen and all that. But it just so worked. It works so well on such a thematic level. This is this is yeah. one thing that I that I kind of hope for that might happen, that it wouldn't just be. Uh, a repeat of Wrecker of like, oh, this is scary, but we got him in the machine, we got the chip out, but that I I, I kind of hope that that it would be this emotional beat, which is so much more powerful. Like, nope, surprise, I made this choice. Yeah. Uh, so I was really happy with just like the emotional power of it, but then the fun mystery, the just the plot of him saying like, well, it doesn't matter when, mm-hmm. and Hunter looking like truly frightened of like, uh, when? <laughs> yeah. How long have you been making these decisions? And for me, I think there's that moment where Hunter looks at his big head wound scars, right? Yes. Uh, And I think that is, uh, you know, already playing on all these great Star Wars themes of like, we did that to him. Like, I think Hunter probably knows that's from, you know, when we blew him up a little bit. Sorry, buddy. Um, But for me, I really, I kind of take it as we saw Crosshair in that machine Mm -hmm. getting, you know, cooked, basically getting, getting the, the, the uh you know Camino and scientists doubling down on making sure he he right. follows the orders right yeah uh and and we also have kind of the evidence of him repeating the mantra that the chip is clearly designed for uh, because we heard that with Wrecker as well of good so- soldiers follow orders so I feel like there's a lot of evidence in the first half of the season that 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 is the chip maybe there's some natural inclination but mm-hmm. the chip is really saying nope 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 go 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 I kind of feel it is after Braca after they they were there helping Wrecker. I don't know if Crosshair knows that, 
I'd have to rewatch for that clarity. But they they were there running around the galaxy helping other people. They didn't even try to help Crosshair. Right. They blew him up. So if, if that explosion, if that damage destroyed the chip or he discovered it and took it out, however, and then he kind of wakes up from that going, oh, I wasn't entirely uh, making my own decisions. And instead of helping me, my brothers, my friends, my squad, my family just ripped into me, scarred me, and left me. Yeah. That, yeah, that would be the point for me. That'd be the win. <laughs> yeah. Right? That makes total sense to what he's saying in this episode, which is why I love this stuff. I, I don't know what I, I just, I guess I was just accept, expecting a Hunter Crosshair fist fight. We got a little bit of that, but you know, I, it, it goes so much more and it goes into what you're talking about here. And, and um, the idea that he, f- if, if, cause he, cause even right here, right now, Hunter's saying it, right? Yeah. So, they're saying it. He's saying like, oh, that this this isn't you. It's your inhibitor chip. I, if I was crosshair, I'd be like, oh, oh, really? So then that's why you decided to blow me up and leave me for dead. I didn't have I didn't have a choice. So I think you're right, Joseph. I think that's a very you know it would be an important point to do. Maybe maybe it's before, maybe it's after. Who knows? Maybe it was three years ago because he found something and uh, you know took it out and didn't tell anyone. I don't know. But I think that's a real in terms of the themes. That makes sense for what he believes at this moment, what Crosshair believes, you know? I never had a yeah. chance. You left me for dead. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think what I like about that is, hey, if the story is he took it out three years ago, I, I can make that work in my mind as well, uh, and we'll see where the story goes, and we'll, we'll accept the story as it's told. Uh, but right now, when it's open for interpretation, there's such great, like, uh, it really connects to, like, Kylo and Anakin in the, in the dark side falls that we've got to watch where uh, you can see the legitimate grievance, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the person doesn't deal with any of their own actions, right? right. So if Crosshair wakes up and realizes, oh, I, I had my control taken away from me, and instead of trying to help me, like they're running around the galaxy helping every other a-hole in the galaxy, mm-hmm. they didn't help me. Well, then I'm going to make the choice to show them, you know, yeah, that that they're wrong. I'm going to capture them. I'm going to force them to do things that they don't want to do. I'm, you know, and it is dealing with his pain just through lashing out in in anger and vengeance. Yeah. Uh, even though you can understand where he's coming from, he's not stopping and going, okay, but I understand where they're coming from. I, I made some bad choices. <laughs> he's just using the pain that he encountered as justification to unleash pain on them. Yeah, it, it's a lesson of, of hate, right? It's a lesson of Star Wars hate and, and living in that hate cycle. You know, if, if you happen to hate a Star Wars animated show, maybe just don't live in that hate. Maybe move on and process <laughs> in other ways. Yeah, no, I, I, I really think you're, you're, you're on something. That, and this is the, the core of the episode I think I really like that maybe goes beyond even just generic themes. It's just uh, not generic. I mean, these are powerful themes here. But, like, you know, just it, it really got me in that regard. Uh, and, and it speaks to mental health and therapy and any kind of real world thing you got to say here, you know, that I, not that I expected two episodes of Crosshair going to an Imperial therapist, but, you know, just a personal responsibility in that regard and, and how it can slip real easily. And this probably did start with fear, uh, hate, suffering, all those kind of things. And you and I always say a lot, that's not just the Jedi. That's not right. just Sith Jedi thing. The light side, dark side is present in every decision with Star Wars characters. Exactly. Well said. Um, so let's get into, since we've already slid into there anyway, uh, how the, the themes of this episode reflect larger storytelling and perspective of Star Wars. Uh, what were your thoughts there? Oh, uh, there was none. No, um, <laughs> I, I'll tell you where I went. Um, 
I uh, went to this idea. You, you touched on it too, of the the uh, emperor selling the idea of superiority, mm. and and how that is uh, the safe and secure society. Because again, we're not too far from that moment of Palpatine screaming that to the galaxy. Uh, we're, we're closer to that than than we are away from it. And the the idea that they can't protect the place without strength is is a lie and and a, a business line being sold around the galaxy and. And Crosshair is uh, part of that. It's, so to me, looking at the bigger story of Star Wars, bigger, bigger perspective, I just fascinating because this show is dealing with that. And, and as as uh, Hunter and Crosshair were having those conversations, I, I was kind of doing the, that roll call of memories of this season, going to Pantora where some are cheering, go to other planets where they're going to try to fight, go to Ryloth where uh, Cham's shrugging the shoulders and has no no energy to go on at first and, and how this is... Um, this is kind of the big picture in the empire the, all the way through. Don't worry. We'll give you credits. We got your back. Uh, we're going to destroy you slowly. And if you stand against us, you're gone because we need to, we need everyone to have strength and we're the strength. It, it, it just, uh, it popped for me in that regard. Yeah, it's great. And I love that Hunter really says like, look, we've been across the galaxy. They are, you know, controlling uh, and, and, you know, uh, taking over everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. And it, there's this really great contrast where, you can see the tempting perspective from Crosshair of like, we were made for strength to protect something from something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's who we are. Uh, and this idea of there is, it is about fear. It is about a phantom menace uh, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a way, not, I don't mean that in a cute way. I mean, like that's mm-hmm. kind of the power of, of that name of we keep hearing uh, Imperials talk about, well, we need strength to protect the galaxy and there is that big hanging question of like well from who or what (laughs) because then you always you keep we see in all these episodes the empire using that excuse of of strength and security uh to attack their own citizens literally right and uh and i think yeah i think it's really powerful because it's this great big star wars theme of choice and crosshair is letting himself believe something that he probably could could decipher isn't entirely true there isn't some there's some insurgencies here and there right now with with saw uh but there isn't some huge threat huge legitimate threat to the galaxy right yeah no and doesn't uh, i think crosshair let me scroll here i think i wrote down he says don't don't become my enemy uh and i was just like oh so the sith aren't the only absoluters around here huh okay (laughs) i did and now there's just kind of it it all comes out of what's at play there yeah, don't make the same mistake uh, twice. You know, don't yeah. become my enemy. It's like we were never your enemy, which is really getting to what what we were talking about. Of like, yeah, the empire is trying to think that there is there is a, a threat where there isn't. You know, yeah. Um, the other big Star Wars theme for me is you you already touched on it. Is just this big idea of accepting change. Uh, you can't go home again. This is a, a a very dark version of it. You can't go home again because it's been systematically destroyed by the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it still resonates in that philosophical way of like you, things change. Uh, that is kind of the nature of of the galaxy, the nature of the Force. That is the way of things. So you have to find a way to uh except forward movement except change yeah yeah which is again that's a lesson all through star wars <laughs> everywhere you look at it sometimes the, the folks have robes on and lightsabers and other times it's uh, citizens and or, or a group of uh super soldiers yep exactly any other big thoughts uh no no that was that was uh, where i went with all that there there the idea a lot of stuff we talked about we touched about like the idea of star wars redemption and how you get there and how you analyze it and what is true redemption and 
and choice and cha- chances uh, we already kind of dealt, but it you know, definitely reflects some of the bigger stuff in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, really, really powerful stuff around the idea of choice when you get that great epiphany that, you know, if you interpret the season and Crosshair's trip the way we are right now, which, of course, we could be wrong, but if you interpret it that way, the realization that that Crosshair has been doing some awful things with his choice entirely removed Mm. and then some awful things with his choice entirely restored. That's a fascinating look at the idea of choice in star Wars. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back to discuss some of our favorite action moments, comedy moments, canon stuff, all that great stuff in just a moment. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ah! <laughs> 
Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 and we are back to continue our discussion of Return to Camino, the penultimate episode of season one of The Bad Batch. Uh, let's get into moments of action, Ken. There was some good action in this one. Uh, did you have some favorite moments? So, yes, there was some great action in this, but this has happened a few times in the show for me. Where, number one, I was really engaged by the themes this week. Like, I just was t- eating up everything going on there. And I had to watch this again. I was like, I didn't even focus. Like, did I watch any of the action? Did I do <laughs> There was a lot. Uh, I'm going to focus on a couple here. Uh, the, the AZ knocking down uh, ESO2 with that row, row of droids. Uh, and, and just him committing to the cause and, like, cel- kind of celebrating. Like, if you can read his face, you can. it's happy. And I, I love that little moment. Yeah, and I think he says something like, I did it, uh, paraphrasing there, it, which is a real great companion line to that, like, well, uh, no, I, I was hiding, and we should all run away. No, you want to help other people when we could yeah. run away? And then that little moment of like, hey, I did it. Yeah. Great use of action. Just a great use of action, man. Little little, uh, little writing stuff going on there, right? Just a little setup, a little payoff, it, and it was, worked really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like that one a lot. I really liked uh, the callback uh, or reuse of Crosshair's uh, reflector shot thing, mm-hmm. uh, which we've seen early on. That was a damn great bit of direction when uh, Tech and Wrecker look over and see themselves reflected in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just it's just cool Star Wars action that that is Crosshair's uh, one of his cool abilities and his cool bit of tech and to just uh, see all those uh, elites. <laughs> <laughs> squad troopers drop like flies yeah. I, yeah, on the second view and I, I did a I did a rewind a couple times too I actually was trying to trace where the laser bolts went <laughs> I don't know, I, to what purpose like uh, they missed one and, and, yeah, it was it was great but yeah there's that final one it's it's a it's a blast of the chest man oh man yeah no stunning for crosshair no no nope Nope. Uh, and then uh, the, the, in that big, big explosion of action with uh, all of the training droids, there's a lot of great stuff in there. But I particularly appreciated uh, that little exchange with uh, AZ and Omega saying, you know, you released more droids than you meant to. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then that great dead eye shot with her crossbow right through yeah. the uh, mechanical heart of that training droid is like, nice, Omega. Yeah, it was one of my favorite moments, too. Just so uh, sleek, smooth. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. And, and a little good, funny, fun comedy banter, too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, some other moments in that sequence for you? Um, I, I just overall love the concept of here, here, we're talking about going home again and you can't go home again and going back to the beginning, just find out who you are and going right to that training center, which you've seen in Clone Wars before, but to, going back to the early Bad Batch episodes. Uh, I just like the use of that. It was a good use uh, of, of, of a place to set all the action. Just made a lot of sense. So that worked very well for me. Just some good blaster fire. Good old pew, pew, pew through that episode fighting those droids. 
Yeah, a lot of good pew, pew, pew. Uh, I like the one shot where uh, Wrecker is tossing the one droid into another, which I always like, but that was just a particularly dynamic shot where the sort of camera is arcing up and then down with the droid. You barely even Mm -hmm. see Wrecker throw him, but you just kind of, you can if you go back, because I did. But it also just like, you see a droid flying, you're like, who did that? Wrecker. We know. Wrecker. (laughs) Wrecker. We don't know. We know. We don't really need to see it. Um, But I think my favorite moment is uh, one that you're referencing there of, uh, when it becomes apparent that, you know, they're overwhelmed by the training droids and Crosshair starts shooting with them and they all kind of stand up and come together. And it's this real great bittersweet moment of this reflection back to the moment where they did all have purpose. They were all working together. It was all clear. It was all simple. Uh, but this nice moment of, hey, maybe maybe Crosshair will come around and, and we're all together in this moment. And it had this really triumphant version of the kind of what I think of as the sort of primary Bad Batch theme, mm. which can can play sometimes in a sad way, <laughs> sometimes in an ambiguous way. And it was nice to hear it just sort of triumphant as they stand and fight together. It's, it is a great moment. And, and you know, we throw these episodes up on YouTube. So I'll, I'll grab a screenshot, and make a little thumbnail out of it. Right. And uh I, I grabbed this shot initially, and uh, if you're listening on YouTube right now, that's not the thumbnail, because I was like, well, that is a spoiler. Let's not <laughs> use that, but it was so cool. It's a great shot just seeing them all together, together again. Uh, it, 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 it really was cool. I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah, together again for five seconds, yeah, yeah. and then we'll see. Uh, so moving on, did you have uh, some favorite moments of comedy, whimsy, or weirdness? Some great tech retorts here, right? All through this episode. <laughs> Uh, and always with tech because it's such, such great comedy of character. It's, it doesn't stand out as a joke necessarily, especially if you write it down, but just Echo saying, uh, Kevin Owens, keep a lot of secrets and tech going, indeed. <laughs> just <laughs> the conviction behind that. Yeah, that was really good. It, 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 a lot of, I think, tech's comedy and his character, which are one and the same often, comes from this question of uh, how much information does he have? Because you get the sense like tech just he wants to know everything. He wants it to be written down and he wants it to be accurate. And he wants it to yeah. be uh, searchable on his data pad, on his personal tech Wikipedia. And a lot of his great lines in this are centered around that. The indeed was like, yes, no, it's it's very frustrating that they I can't complete the cameo and <laughs> Wikipedia yeah. entry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I love two two great moments of comedy that I'm sure you have written down as well as uh when Omega is kind of learning them about some of the truths of that lab and records first got the, what is that true? (laughs) Which is funny all by itself. And then tech saying, how could I possibly know that? (laughs) It was a great line. (laughs) Absolutely wrote that down. It was a great line. It was just such, he was helpless. We're talking about, you know, you're in a familiar place. It's no longer yours. I mean, everything about it. He seems so lost and bitter and angry about that. Yeah, and Omega basically, you know, sharing like what I think for like us as humans would be like, you know, prenatal or just born memories of like, yeah, yeah I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was a, the joke to me almost was like, I can't Google my own memories, yeah. you know, yeah. unless there's some reason for it to be on the historical record of the uh, of the Internet. You know, I don't remember what exact day I saw Wrath of Khan, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't Google that. Um. Uh, I, I also liked uh, records. Well, uh, guess you were wrong about that. When <laughs> tech comes up with the plan that y- you pretty much know is going to be wrong, right? Yeah, I wrote that down too. Yeah, we're in sync today on those beats. It was uh, just I love a good record. Good, good record line uh, is uh, is very great. So yeah, no, I, I love that one. A lot of good record lines. Uh, any more for you? Uh, no, the, we talked about the banter between uh, uh, AZ and Omega in the middle of all that action. Just kind of fun. Very, very. Uh, 
um, very human uh, and droid interaction, I guess I should say. Clone and droid interaction. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, this is a great one. Um, earlier in the episode, I liked the quick bit of dialogue where Wrecker says, uh, I left Gregor with Sid. She wasn't too oh. happy about it. And Echo says, what else is new? <laughs> I love that you brought that up because I have now finally remembered to turn on the, the closed captions uh, subtitles there. Uh, and so I had forgot and I went, wait a minute. What did he did he say Gregor? And I, I it reminded me to put on the subtitles. That was a real funny line because it just it just had the, the there's an alternate episode that's like a sitcom of just Gregor annoying <laughs> the crap out of Sid. Exactly. I that I thought the exact same thing of like I if it was a different tone to the episode, I would have loved to just cut back to <laughs> Gregor cackling and Sid just glaring at him. Yeah. All right, cackles. What are you doing? <laughs> cackles. Yeah. I think that is a solid prediction. I think we're gonna hear Sid. <laughs> call gregor cackles uh final one for me it was a a dark moment of whimsy but i it literally made me laugh uh is when crosshair i think i think it's when he's telling them to to throw down their weapons and they do and crosshair says see following orders isn't so difficult (laughs) it's such a great callback to such an ominous line from both uh, crosshair and wrecker of uh, good soldiers follow orders yeah i like that yeah and uh you know just really a great summation of uh what has been different about the bad batch that uh <laughs> they don't follow orders that's it for me though i thought i thought this episode was much more focused on uh the sort of the the melancholy contrasted with the hope of trying to save one another that yeah. there wasn't as much room for uh super fun whimsy yeah 100 percent. yeah well let's then get into uh some of the canon and lore connections um a lot of this was sort of like not just uh, referencing something, but uh, really big uh, changes in the state of things. Uh, some stuff that I think people have been waiting for and wondering about for a long time of we get that the Empire is no longer using clones. We have little drips uh, here and there in canon that things didn't go great for Camino or the Caminoans. But now we got it in all of its uh, just absolute glorious horror the destruction of Topoka City so I wanted to talk about that in particular as a big moment of canon uh, I feel like it is rare to actually hear the name Topoka City so I was just happy to hear that on screen it is it is because I was even laughing myself uh, thinking oh Camino's gonna go and it's like well yeah, there's probably Chicago the Chicago version of uh, you know uh, Camino there because I think Topoka City's like New York to me so some second city is like, oh, we're here. Don't worry about us. We're still here. Uh, no, I, I, I love the use of it, uh, even though, you know, it's, it's just fair to say, hey, Camino, Camino's uh, gone. But uh, uh, it, it, it hit for me to hear that name. Yeah, yeah. And, and then for me, I think there's all this great stuff where uh, immediate transitions are happening with the Empire, certainly in the, the choices and the procedure. But seeing we've got this uh, proto stormtrooper armor, the TK armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we keep having these moments, too, where uh, different ships that used to be the heroes ships, you know, the Republic gunship yeah. and now the Venators and, and even clarifying that, that that's, you know, tech being very specific says Venators, you know, yeah. Uh, to know that it is the Venators that used that fleet that used to be there defending Camino that we get we've seen that in the Clone Wars that that's the Venators delivering the death blows was powerful to me. Yeah, good use. Of, yeah, you're right. A couple, a few times uh, we've talked about that throughout the season. Of uh, it's kind of kind of gonna hurt you seeing them. Don't do that, you Lauren. Yeah. What do you think, you Lauren? <laughs> oh, yo, maybe we'll see you Lauren. I can't wait for that cameo. <laughs> Uh, and then I, I think uh, 
a lot of people are probably affected by this. I already saw some uh, tweets highlighting and celebrating it, but I wanted to ask you about it. Uh, before the barrage of laser death came for Topoka City, uh, those shots of meaningful but empty spaces, true classic montage in the sort mm-hmm. of a film <laughs> theory mm-hmm. sense of montage of different shots combined together to make one meaning. Uh, how did you feel about that? Did it affect you? It was one of my favorite parts of this episode. I could almost hear Madonna singing. This used to be our playground. Like it really started to pull on the heartstrings. You said yank. And I think that's fair to say. And it just was a good, simple use of not just only for them, for uh, the Bad Batch, but also for clones, but also for us as, as prequel fans and uh, those who may have grown up with the films and Attack the Clones and Camino and that crazy wild world where Obi-Wan fought uh, Django. Like, it, this is big. This is a big canon answer, and it's just kind of a big thing for Star Wars fans. And if you felt something out there listening, you're, you're not alone. It, 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 was, uh, it was just a real effective use of the, this collection of shots you're talking about. Yeah, no, it was incredibly powerful, I think, both from the perspective of the Bad Batch, their relationship to the place. This is their home that can't be their home anymore. Uh, But also exactly what you're saying, like, it really taking the time to say, like, fans, this is it. The moment you've waited for, (laughs) are you sure you wanted it? Here we go. Uh, It really, really touching into those, the ways that, that, you know, something like Star Wars is different because we build our personal relationship to it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how many times you've watched Attack the Clones. Is it is it one of your favorites? Did it get you through hard times watching those scenes ag- again and again? Uh, like for lots of video games, but in particular, you know, Battlefront 2, like how many hours have you spent defending, yeah. <laughs> you know, some of those spaces uh, from Separatist Assault? Uh, yeah. you, if you have a strong relationship to some of the Clone Wars episodes that are desperate defense of that space, to now see it hollow, empty, and about to die is really powerful. Absolutely. When that when they start taking out the support pillars uh, under that great underwater shot, and it just, uh, yeah, and, and they, they took their time with it away. It wasn't just a di- blast from a distance. You really felt it. Yeah, and, and I think I just really liked seeing a shot that uh, felt not new in terms of just you know filmmaking or screen narrative but but felt a little different for star wars like the emotions and the themes feel like this is very star wars but just that that very specific montage of empty spaces that forces you to think about what is the collective uh you know meaning of these individual shots particularly like this sense of place and as soon as it started i was like oh they're doing this this is so great um uh, there's a, a a couple of sequences like this in in other um other stories that I really love. There's a shot like this in in uh, Twin Peaks that is really uh, uh it's a reminder that the whole town is very connected and something mm-hmm. bad is about to happen and we're going through we're flashing through all of these spaces and it's just this reminder that it's kind of all connected. We're all responsible. It really reminds me of a shot near the end of the original uh, film Halloween, which also has a little bit of that same connection uh of all of these spaces are separate but they all build to this meaning of of connection and i loved that it was all all of the all the shots were places that had a sense of home right the bad batches Mm -hmm. quarters the mess hall the cloning tubes like there was a part of me was like ah come on give me the uh, spoon share office (laughs) but then it's like no because that's because all of these images are Yes, this is a massive facility for producing soldiers, 
but it was also a home for individuals. And, yeah. and those shots made you feel that it was a home for individuals and it's a birthplace for yeah. individuals and it's gone now. Gone, gone. Yeah. You think of, you know, 99 fives, any of them, it's really effective, really effective. So kudos for making me sad. Yeah, exactly. And it's a clone who hits the button to fire. I like that uh-huh. detail. Yeah. But they hadn't rotated him out yet. <laughs> yep. Yep. Extra cool. Uh, also, canon-wise, then, I wanted to talk about Nala Say's lab, um, that yeah. we get some kind of canon information. There's a secret lab with a secret tunnel, secret landing platform. Uh, we get the information that this is where Omega was created, and she knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where Clone Force 99 was enhanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was some nice kind of clarity for me on on their whole thing, that they were produced and that they had uh, these, uh, they were, you know, quote-unquote defective, as the show calls them. Uh, but then those uh, abilities were enhanced in this lab. It's cool. Uh, and then this uh, kind of fascinating timeline thing with Omega, who is, you know, aging at a normal rate, so appears younger, mm. uh, remembers seeing the rest of the clones before they left to be with other clones. How did you feel about Nalise's lab? Obviously, we talked a little bit about, like, the emotion of it, but just kind of like the the canon-wise, the plot-wise, is this a hint of something? Where did your mind go with all that? I didn't necessarily take it of of of, of what's to come. Other there's a, there's another line with Rampart and Targan, where he says the cloning technology is now firmly under Imperial control, which that can can take your mind into many different spots, all the way up to Rise of Skywalker or or any time before. But as far as the actual stuff, I just was intrigued by again the the Kevin Owens keep their secrets, have a lot of secrets, and what else might they have tried in here? What could have been? What was the original purpose before and for enhancing uh, Clone Force ninety nine? Uh, I had more of those thoughts. We'll never know. And I guess it doesn't matter, <laughs> but, uh, but she's alive. I'll say is alive. And what other things does she know and what she's capable of? And, and, and why was it so secret? Uh, why did, uh, Lama Sue and everyone, did they know about it even too? I got, I got to imagine. Um, and they're aware of her experiment. So I don't know. It just made me kind of reflective on what she was doing and what could have, could have happened versus five years from now. Do we have, uh, Imperials doing the same type of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 stuff that you're pointing out with the clarification that Nalase is, of course, alive, and the Empire has the control of the cloning stuff that that goes into the the, the long Snoke uh, Palpatine discussion yeah. that we're getting yeah. we're getting bits and pieces everywhere, right? Uh, it yeah. feels like uh, with uh, with firming up that story, um, but I felt like for uh, Omega in the Bad Batch, there keeps feeling this feeling to me that there is just a little bit more to Omega's creation that we don't fully understand of mm-hmm. like she is unaltered from Django, but she obviously has the, these skill sets that, that seem to kind of echo the rest of uh, the bad batch, you know, exactly how is her um, creation, you know, the same or different from Boba Fett's feels to be like a, a dangling thing. Yeah. I feel like at the beginning of the whole season as well, there is such an emphasis on like, well, we need them back so we can try to get this, um, superior clone product out that will keep the empire from canceling our contracts and right. obviously that as a as a hope for Lama Su and the Kami Noans <laughs> did not work out right. but I feel like this is one of those things where where announcing season two is helpful because it feels like there's still enough kind of questions of what is the exact truth of Omega what are the possibilities of what Nalase could still try to create mm. that could be a, a story going forward if Nalase is being forced by the empire to come up yeah. with some some options 
and it does tie back to Omega that that thread of Omega and the rest of the Bad Batch are still wanted mm-hmm. now by Nalase under the pressure of the Empire, and that that thread could still continue and could even become an, an animating uh, mission yeah. for Bad Batch if they feel like Nalase is is creating more of us. Do we want to help? Do we want to stop that? It, it seems like that storyline could still continue under the control of the Empire, and, and it felt a little bit like that's maybe why some of this was being highlighted. I, you know, I got you. I, I got you on that. That that sounds sounds kind of intriguing, number one, but uh, sounds kind of right. Just that it's real. The real focus of I, I can use a scientist. I can't use a politician. And and building on that. Um, and I made the joke earlier, but the Bad Batch was like three years old. I know. I know. There's many years. Prior to uh, Obi Wan uh, pop into the uh, <laughs> cloning facility that they were around, so getting a little bit more on uh, why there's a there's perhaps an Alpha and an Omega uh, is uh, an answer I definitely want. I I you know you and I play around and talk about the themes a lot, of course, but we I, I do want I'm intrigued by a little bit of the the clone mystery there. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that's been one of the delights of this is just seeing some of these really concrete answers of the exact transition between the yeah. clones and the stormtroopers and how fast the Empire moves on what. All that stuff is great. Uh, another canon moment is uh, <laughs> Tarkin uh, saying his motto, Tarkin saying his T-shirt slogan, you may fire when ready, right? Yeah, it's his branding. <laughs> it's his branding. How did you feel about that? Was that too on the nose or was that just like, yeah, no, that's that's his thing? Nah, I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's his thing, right? It's, it's probably some standard protocol in that, too, as well. You know, he wants to be very clear. Fire and ready. <laughs> I le- it, you know, he's being a good manager. He is telling them to fire, yeah. but he's also empowering them to make the choice of when they are ready. Yeah, it's, look, you know, say what you want about the Empire, but they do give you the choice to fire when you want. Fire at will, Commander. <laughs> fire ready. It, it's there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except for poor Kylo, who just screams more. Ah. Uh, Har. Uh, the TK Troopers, uh, obviously we heard that phrase uh, last week. We heard it again this week. Uh, we obviously know it from TK421 back in the day. I Every time I hear TK, though, it makes me really intrigued of when the term Stormtrooper will be used and if we'll, if that will be kind of a moment in the show. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. Like, it's one of those things of like we know it, we live with it. How many, uh, 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 you know, when do they, when do the characters of the actual story figure that out or, or start using those terms? That's a great question, great thought. Because it seems like I mean they haven't even finalized the design yet, right? So maybe that's the next phase: <laughs> fix the helmets and come up with a good name. Yes, maybe we will get the uh, the Palpatine branding session. Yeah. I would like that very much. Uh, final thing for me in canon is. I don't know if this is something a hint to be run down or not, but uh, where have the other clones been sent? Uh, we saw them packing up and leaving. Uh, AZ this week said all clone troopers were reassigned and transferred off-world. Uh, there is still some ambiguous dialogue last episode to me between Rampart and Crosshair about the mission and the plan, and if I don't know if they were talking about getting the Bad Batch uh, to Camino and trying to turn them, which seems to be... Uh, was Crosshair's plan of like, I can get them to work for you again. Uh, or if they're talking about some other mission with the clones, do, do you take that? It, this is the, the clones have just been assigned to crappy jobs and they'll be phased out or, you know, thrown into the, a wall of fire. Uh, or, or do you think the the remaining clones are being used for a specific purpose? I guess, uh, you know, 
what's even that line the uh, crosshair says about uh, the, the, you know, they're getting rid of the clones, you know, not the useful ones or whatever you specifically. Yeah, not the ones that matter. Not I the think. ones that matter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I think you could you could see a mix of on one hand, my my mind wants to say as some of them are just sent to the spice mines of Kessel, you know, or whatever the version of that is in the Empire, work on Wilbani or something horrible. Because you know, maybe there's a lack of trust, right? That's part of the big reason behind uh, the, the the TK program, right? Is it, it, get some people willing to to fight for the empire, uh, making that choice. So I could see the clones being phased out in that regard. But we also they they have skills, right? Clone commandos. We just saw that last week. So I could see some specialized units and specialized mis- missions, um, and maybe a mixture of both. And along the way, just uh, get rid of uh, who, who we don't want around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm unclear. I think it could just be like, yeah, no, they've, they've been sent a bunch of different places. But then there's that part of me. It's like, ooh, will there be a little story arc where like <laughs> uh, hundreds, uh, thousands of remaining clones are all sent after Saw Gerrera at once? <laughs> right. And it, yeah, a little bit of, a, you know, cannon fodder kind of attitude from the Empire. Like, we don't care if we lose them. We kind of want them out anyways, but they got skills. Yeah, I think I, you could see some of that play out. Yeah. Yeah. Any other canon moments or thoughts for you? Uh, no, pretty much it. I mean, the Camino stuff was was so powerful. And, and uh, you know, I, I, it's so, I can't, you could not, I would not believe this in 2002, but I'm like, man, I kind of want to watch Attack the Clones this weekend. Right to see uh, Camino when it was all working yeah. so well, yeah, and definitely fire up Battlefront too. <laughs> Absolutely, I want to go defend Camino right now. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I really didn't. Uh, I said, um, said up top, like I, I just, I, 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 I'm so glad, and I knew they would. Just the confrontation was something so much more, something so much meaningful and just a big, big questions, big questions on that. And this episode. So I, I didn't question anything. I really loved it. If, if there's any questions of the season and it meanders or it takes its time and filler and all those other complaints you can see out there. And uh, I get it. Not everyone's going to love everything. I just think the show knew what it was doing and it took its time and it still is. We got one more episode and then we'll build for season two. But uh, I, 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 yeah. Uh, so I know you asked if I question anything, I can confirm. I do not. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I think the, the show has its joy of just like spending time with these characters that you like. But this episode made it extremely clear that they're uh, very clear on what the big ideas are and how they attach. And, and they're telling the story at the pace that they want to tell the story. And then we as audiences get to decide as we are. Some people are like, I'm fine with that pace. And other people are clearly not. <laughs> Yeah. And that is their choice. Uh, there's no Star Wars opinion chip in their brains. Everyone can make their own choice on that. Um, I think for me, uh, often with anything I disliked or questioned, it just comes down to I, I feel like uh, Kylo Ren screaming more because uh, sometimes there's kind of a the, uh, tip of the iceberg idea. And I'm not sure if it's going to get developed more in future episodes. Uh But I think for me, there was like I just I wanted a little more for a couple of specific things. Um mm. I really like Hunter coming to some clarity or peace with, you know, like who they are, uh, which seemed to me totally being implied of being a squad, that a family is purpose enough for him. But I, I really hope to see that idea developed even even more. Uh, and I, I guess I don't really expect it in this episode because uh, there's still one more episode of this season to go and still a lot of, I think, soul searching to be done in yeah. future seasons. Uh, but it'd be really interesting to me if he kind of got to the point of like, yeah, no, I don't either we do need a purpose and we should join the rebellion, the proto rebellion that isn't even named yet, or I don't need a purpose. Just staying alive with my family is great. And I feel like he's still kind of vacillating between those two things. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know what you mean. And, and this is a, definitely was a little shorter episode, right? Um, um, so um, I can give, yeah. Next week. Yeah. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think, yeah, it, it, that is not a criticism of this episode. This episode made me, uh, made me want that yeah. uh, to happen even more eventually. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about hopes for this next episode. We got one episode left. Uh, there was definitely a straight up cliffhanger in that uh, our friends were in the city and then the city collapsed and fell into a giant ocean, which seems like a problem for our friends. Do you have hopes for this next episode? Um, I hope that at least two of them survive. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think they'll get out of it. And I think this big real question of, you know, you and I are talking at the top of the show of like what's going to wrap up and what's going to carry over. Um um, I I didn't know where I'd be with Crosshair at the end of the season. Uh, would he be dead? Would he lose some kind of confrontation? Would he stick with his choice? And now I say I, there is a path to redemption that I didn't necessarily know I wanted there before. I, I do like Crosshair as a character, so I'd be on board with it. And, and then maybe season two is dealing with, you know, does he, you know, is there any cost for his decisions and, and whatnot? And I don't know, those bigger kind of questions. But so I, I think we might get, an answer uh in this episode yeah yeah I, i'm really excited by both just the the practical reality and then the thematic reality that they're going to be trapped in the rubble of their past mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. uh in that i think there's that possibility that some of this sort of uh, uh dangling ideas and emotions uh presented in that lab scene and uh with the tunnels like i feel like mm -hmm. the tunnels are probably like the practical answer ultimately of yes, yes. how they get out of this but I feel like in terms of just like literally being down in the bowels of their past is going to make them wrestle even more with who they are who they truly are who they truly want to be mm -hmm. uh, but then also maybe some actual just literal plot stuff like maybe there is a little bit of the, an element of the the truth of you know how how they were created and and what their purpose was and and maybe even Omega has clarity on what that next program is going to be that might get a little bit of like plot clarity as well as that emotional discovery of, yeah. of who they want to be. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, th I thought that too, of, um, you know, the concentration on uh, Topoca city proper there, but yeah, you just established that way far away is this path, <laughs> this tunnel. So. Yeah. Cause Omega literally says they're across the whole planet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to get to see a part of, uh, of Camino mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, party city, uh, not Topoca city party city. It's all, it's all bars and drunk Caminoans. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I'm really intrigued by what you're saying is if Crosshair made it out of this season alive, mm -hmm. we could possibly wrestle with, you know, something we haven't seen uh, for for uh, light side Jedi who fell to the dark side of of uh, working through the the quote unquote redemption of, you know, mm -hmm. how do I how do I set this right? How do I, you know, come to peace with the, some of the choices I made? Uh, so I think it's, that's a really exciting possibility for season two. Mm -hmm. But just the way I feel, it feels like Crosshair is the story of season one. It's my gut instinct. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 you know, I'm going to say now more than ever makes sense. But it just they, they, they did hit it so well with the emotional stuff this week that that makes sense to me. Yeah, it feels like a little bit of like Crosshair is either fully, you know, rescued and is a part of the team. Like Crosshair makes a choice next mm -hmm. episode in that either he... He leaves with the team, uh, admitting he's wrong, or he's dead. Uh, either, yes, either yeah. from stubborn, not not changing his path, or a sacrifice kind of story. 
Uh, I feel like I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a pin in, in uh, a button on Crosshair's story. Yeah, and, and I got to uh, I uh, maybe a coin flip kind of prediction, to, but Crosshair not getting out alive and maybe doing something the old you know the old Star Wars thing, I guess, sacrificing yourself and as a form of redemption. I don't necessarily need that specifically, but uh, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to survive this. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm very intrigued to see all the ways it goes. Uh, I feel like there's a, a good possibility he he doesn't make it out. Mm-hmm. Also, I think AZ might die, which I feel really guilty. But yeah, <laughs> do you think AZ makes it out and is a star of the uh, of the Bad Batch season? Yeah, two? I, I, I hope so. I really I like AZ a lot. So uh, you know, as long as Gonky's safe, he's piloting the ship. Maybe. Oh yeah, gotta get Gonky off. The, yeah, Gonky to the rescue. Yeah, that's uh, cliffhanger right now. Yeah, that's the big cliffhanger. Is Gonky okay? Yeah. Uh, final prediction is they're going to fall down into the depths of Camino. They're going to be trapped in those tubes. And then, of course, they'll uh, they'll be rescued by Hondo. There's <laughs> still time. There's still, still time. Uh, I just no. came here to pick something up. I left it. Oh, you're here. I'm so excited, so excited that there is going to be a season two because uh, there are a lot of interesting characters to explore. And I know some people have the the cameo criticism and everybody has a right to their opinion. I just don't feel that like Mm -hmm. I I so want to see them off on a new adventure in season two and they need information. So uh, Sid tells them to go see this person named Maz Kanata and they walk into Maz Kanata's castle and there's Hondo. Like, yeah, I, I know to some people that just sounds like, oh, you're just throwing all these cameos in. But to me, what's exciting about it is uh, you, you have these pockets of kinds of worlds in Star Wars and these characters are all kind of connected and they would frequent this place. And that's the way Maz's castle was established. So, like, to me, it all makes sense and it's exciting and fun. Yeah, I just I, 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 I get the criticism to a certain point of view. I just think it's been used well here in the Bad Batch kind of we follow the Bad Batch as they learn and grow and, and, and make big decisions. And we just kind of see what's going on in the galaxy at this time through their eyes. It just, it's just working for me personally. I understand if it doesn't for everybody, but uh, there's more names to, to interact with. And I think it would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I, no, I, I mean, I think I'll, I'll watch Tack of the Clones and report back on, on my new feelings there. <laughs> uh, last thing for me is, uh, there's that quick shot when they're in the tube where there's this school of, uh, what I'm calling batfish yes. that swim by and like, that is so great. I just, I love random, uh, nature scenes in Star Wars where some yeah. animals, uh, swim or fly or run by and those batfish, uh, I tried to look them up. I couldn't find it. Maybe, uh. Maybe I will find the actual name, uh, but I like those weird batfish. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Camino's always been a, just a real interesting, totally sci-fi world and, and different from a lot of other things in Star Wars and even things like that stand out. Yeah, absolutely. So love it. Um, we always like to end uh, with a fun question, which is uh, if you could have a figure or a toy of anything inspired from this episode, what do you want? Mm, so I go with me here. I want the um, Topoka City Tunnel Marble Playset. <laughs> just build uh, ramps and tracks and everything. And you drop some cool little marbles, and the marbles can have little tiny, tiny micro versions of the of the Bad Batch in there and Omega, and 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 throw an AV there. It doesn't matter. Put them all in there, and uh, you can just uh, race around the track. That is smart. That is reasonable. Uh, I wrote down a whole expensive uh, HasLab project to Poca City full playset for three and three quarter action figures. You know, I'll, I'll support that. 
So you could uh, you could act out uh, the lives that they lost. You could have them go to the mess hall and eat mm-hmm. and go in the training room. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be beautiful? Uh, as we're wrapping up, toward getting towards the end of the Bad Batch, the, the, the figure that I really, really want is, uh, I really hope that they do just make some nice uh, three and three quarter uh, vintage uh, Bad Batch. Um, mm. And the, the, the one I want more than anything is Tech because he, he yeah. still is my favorite. But then it amused me if sometimes... They don't do this as much with the vintage figures, but I like it when they have the different uh, heads that you can pop on. Yeah. So it'd be great if they have a tech action figure with a normal face and shocked face. And shocked face is, is barely any different at all. <laughs> this is my shocked face. <laughs> this is my shocked face, but you can pop the head off and swap it. He's mildly shocked. <laughs> His data was slightly incorrect. Uh, Well, that is it uh, for our big look at the finale part one or return to Camino. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. We are the Force Center podcast feed. We're on Twitter at Force Center pod. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube as well. We are on Facebook at Force Center podcast like us there. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. And uh, don't forget, you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And we are uh, uh, available in a lot of different podcast spots, including Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and more. Just search and find us if you want to listen on a specific podcast location. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. You can support me by going to my website, catnapsack.com, or just follow me at catnapsack. And Joseph, uh, where can they do the same for you? Yeah, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And if you want to check out any of my other comedy adventures, my other podcast, Obsessed, uh, future live shows, uh, TV shows I've written for, that kind of stuff is all on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Crosshair's inhibitor chip, this has been the Bad Batch Report. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.